Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to this extra, extra special edition of Thrush and Treasure, the torture chamber musical comedy podcast that'll sell itself for a cheap laugh on the corner of Parkway Drive and 42nd Street. Speaking of cheap, I'm Aaron, <laughs> your host for today, and I am joined as usual by the thing to my cousin It, the Charlie Brown to my Snoopy, the man in my ceiling who better not be fiddling on my roof. Oh wait, wrong composer, shit, my co-host Gareth, how's it going Mr G? Fantastic. Fantastic. It is fantastic. Yes. Life is good. Yep. Life is good. How was your week? My my week was good. It, it, it wasn't as exciting as last week, but it okay, has yeah, been. Yeah, I'm going to let you finish, but we all know that Beyonce had the best week. <laughs> so we're going to jump straight into the episode because, okay. oh my goodness gracious me. Guess what? What? We don't have a Broadway diva with oh. us today. We have oh, a Broadway a legend hey. joining our wild party. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe these words are about to be a thing. It is my greatest honour to introduce the man who not only wisely put Kristen Chenoweth on the international map with his update of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, he also wisely put nobody in blackface with his take on the wild party. (laughs) We're joined by a painfully talented composer, lyricist, conductor, playwright, record producer, oh hey bat boy, and he's a mighty morph and power arranger. (laughs) That's terrible. That always has a twinkle in his eye as he tickles more than just the ivories with such compositions as The Addams Family Musical, John and Jen, The Little Princess, among many others, including today's chosen musical. Not only all that, but you can hear him expose his secret superhero identity as an exquisite singer when he was Harvey Milk in I Am Harvey Milk. Wait, not me. He was? Now I've confused myself. Anyways... (laughs) Fossey Walk Aside Charity, because this man is now the bravest individual on Broadway. Please give the warmest, most Aussiest g'day to the biggest fish to swim into our ridiculous pond, the multi-award winning, fully vaccinated Mr. Andrew Lipper. Wait, what? Oh. Welcome to the torture chamber. How are you going? Am I dreaming? Well, uh, right how can I possibly, how, how can anybody follow that? I can't follow myself. You, you know, you know, I'm dying to try and say something with an Australian accent, of course. Please I, do, I, please. That, no, I can't. No, I can't do it. No. Here's one for you, bugger. Bugger. Good, good bugger. eye. I can do Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, that's a dollar. That is a dollar. Do, I can do the famous <laughs> that, speech. I can do the speech. That is how you top that and intro, Mr. Speaker, Andrew? the gentleman from across the aisle. Uh, no, I start sounding like um, Margaret Thatcher yelling it in the Ooh. grocery store. <laughs> She she didn't do her own groceries. There's no way she should. Uh, she did after. You know what? You lose a lot of privileges after. Like, you know, yeah. Donald yeah. Trump has to go to the toilet by himself now. <laughs> Got to wipe his own. No, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, but speaking of which, Gareth, you were, were born in New Zealand, but now live in Australia. And Andrew, you were born in England, but now live in America. Mm. I was born in Australia, but live in Australia. Does that make me the only one born in continent? Oh, <laughs> there we ah. go. Oh, How's that? My God. How is that is for a, a segue? Is, is there a pun, a, 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 a pun award for the best podcast puncast? I hope so. Oh, dear. Don't encourage him. I have to tell you about that. We watched the Punder Dome. Do you know the Punder Dome? 
nice. the international competition that happens in New York City. So I don't know why it's international, but uh, but <laughs> now that it's zoomed, it's international. Go check out the Punder Dome, and we bought their game, and you, and it's a fabulous game where you have to make up puns with your friends. Which of course, if you're a person who makes up puns, you don't yes. have any friends. <laughs> but but <laughs> that's <yeah>. so true. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Wow! No, I, I yeah, no, please do. Oh yes, I'm you must go to the, pun, the Punder Dome. I'm gonna Punder. Google now. I'm like, this is a podcast. Nobody can see me. What I'm doing? No. Uh, Punder Dome game. Is that what it's? Let's look it up. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's called Punder Dome card game, and you can. I don't know if you can get it in Australia, but if you can, I'll I'll find a way to get it to you. Thank you for it. That's awesome. I'm obsessed with puns, and that's sort of it's everything I do. Puns. Well, I, I, I because I, I saw it's a, I saw your shirt. Well, you're lucky I didn't write a review of Big Fish. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, yikes. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, we just got a great review in some uh, ma- uh, magazine in uh, for a production of John and Jen that was just done in, I think, in Melbourne. Oh, a wow. spectacular review where oh. the, clearly all reviews are correct when they say things like the legendary Andrew Lippa. Wow. That's what they said. The well, legendary. The music is yeah. by the legendary Andrew Lippa. So I, I, you know it's a good review. You know, and that <laughs> yes. person knows what they're talking about. Exactly. It's funny because I had to do some detective work in the past couple of weeks because Ooh. I had seen You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown in 1999 in Melbourne in a community theatre. And I had an inkling... Was that the premiere of your version? But how the hell am I going to find that out? So I went looking and lo and behold, the actress who played Sally Brown was nominated for an award in 1999 for that part. So apparently I saw your version of Charlie Brown and I didn't even know it. Right. <laughs> so. Or I should say, if we're talking about I should say, why are you talking to me? For those of you in the metal thrash <laughs> world, it's from it's from a song, the song, I, a song yes. I wrote for that show. Yes, Andrew updated it for the um, 1999 Broadway revival, which had Anthony Rapp in it, had B.D. Wong from Jurassic Park. It had had uh, Ilana Levine in it, it had Kristen Chenoweth. It put her on the international map, as I say. Wow. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it, would Kristen be your Christine Daae to your phantom? Uh, yes, that's exactly yes. how I describe it late at night. Yep. Uh, that, that is when I'm alone and we don't have four listeners. Yes. yes. Uh, that, that is, that is. <laughs> Next time she hears a strange noise, she'll know who it is. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, I, uh, yes. Yes, yep. that's correct. That's yeah, all good. Oh, I, my God. Absolutely love her. But anyways, we'll, we'll move on to metal. Yes. Because Gareth this week tortured a Broadway legend with heavy metal. No, I was nice. Well, it, I don't know if it was. Well, we don't know. I don't know if it was heavy. I don't know if it was torture. We don't know if it was metal either. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right, but I have written a, a review. Oh, good. I actually wrote three reviews this time because oh, I was okay. I was just utterly unsatisfied with all the puns that I had. Welcome to my world. Yeah. I'm always unsatisfied with your puns. I hate you. Anyways, would you like to hear my review? Yes, I would. All right. When I first saw the cover, it said 6am. Mm. So mm. I hopped straight into bed and pressed Hello. pause. But then I realized it was 3pm. So I got up and pressed play. And the first song told me to rise. So I did. The next listen through of the CD though, I started getting this urge to break out my old leather pants. So I did, as I rocked out to You Have Come to the Right Place, which was clearly written by the great Diane Warren. But by the fourth listen, the strangest thing happened. 
I unwittingly pulled out my old platform boots and eyeliner and complimented my leather pants. But suddenly this darkly camp music started to fall into place. But Better Man left me for a better Robbie Williams song. And then on the 12th listen, my arms blindly stretched out and pulled out my old Heather Locklear wigs, which I sprayed black and layered them on top of my head, which was good because the bigger the hair, the closer to God, the further away from this devil music, (laughs) which I fear is starting to affect my behavior and clothing choices. Upon my 15th listen, as I felt my pirate shirt front rip open at the buttons, revealing a wiry meadow of manly chest hair, which I never knew I had, Thankfully, it dances under the force of my new wind machine. Speaking of windy, this music blows my speakers upon my 20th (laughs) listen. As I stare over my Ray-Ban sunglasses at the blue and violet eyeshadow dawning over my eyelids. How did that get there? This ain't RuPaul's best drag race. But as the music begins its 30th and final playthrough, I catch my reflection in the mirror. I gasp. My hands rise up habitually to my shocked face. The assortment of skull rings and studded wristbands glistens in the sunlight. What's happening to me? Why do I look like a Halloween pantomime dame? Is this what mediocrity feels like, Gareth? (laughs) If so, I don't want it. But this music, I'd be homophobic to turn down something for being so gay. Even if there was some delicious guitar licks. Because, and this kills me to admit, It's been a long time since anything this gay gave me such delicious licks. Four fucking stars. What? Oh, I, I, yeah, this, this album was so incredibly gay. I loved it. All right. Sorry. It's glam rock. This was glam rock. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So this is, this is the brainchild of Nikki Six. Mm -hmm. Hence 6am. Nikki Six from Motley Crue. There's no more glam than there's no more. We didn't say what album it was. It was 6 a.m. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. 6 <laughs> Prayers for the damned. Prayers for the damned. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I get that. I actually gave this I gave <laughs> this one to you because this just oozes stadium rock. It does. This is a sing-along, you know. Okay, this is my go-to when I just want a big, dumb rock album. You know, and, and when I say big, dumb... When I say big dumb rock, I I mean that. I thought it was your go-to when you want to be gay. With what? (laughs) This is not. There's nothing. There is nothing gay about Motley Crue. They they. You know. I know it's not. I'm teasing you. You gave this album to two gay men from Team Musical. All right. What 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 jokes and 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 burns do you think we're going to come out of my mouth from this? I'm. I just. I just knew I couldn't give Andrew Lip a death medal. Because I have I have way too much respect. <laughs> no, after last week. Yeah, I have. Yeah, after last so. week's guest, you terrified. Mm. Like seriously, Andrew, you dodged a bullet. I'm interested from someone actually talented and a, an actual songwriter. Yes. What did you think, Andrew? Did you have a listen to any of it? No. I did have a listen oh. to to it. I did have a listen to it, and here's what happens. I think it's awesome. Wow. And I really, really love the sound of this kind of music. And it, it, the music really interests me, except I can't do it for very long mm. because I find, Dude. I find like if I listen to it for 10 minutes, it, it feels like someone's trying to kill me. Like, and I have to like stab them in the eye. It feels like a Game of Thrones battle, you know, like where I need, I need the dragon glass 
and they're the white walker and they keep coming at me and I don't have my dragon class. And so, so I can only listen to a little bit at a time. And I listened to it in, in preparation for, for this, uh, what shall we say, um, meeting of the, of the tribal warlords. And yep. it ultimately comes down to this. And it, I, I may be getting too deep in, the, in, the, in the, the weeds already, but it comes down to this. There are lots of examples of people, not, not Nikki Six, but people who are not of the musical theater, who bring, make shows and make musicals. And what, where they often fail is not in the music because they understand how to make music that has emotional pull and that actually like gets you to feel something. Yeah. It's where they fail is in the, in the lyrics. They yes. fail in the storytelling. So like the yes. opening number and uh, uh, an opening number, sorry, what do they call it in a heavy metal band? So like, uh, the opening track. Yeah, the opening, yeah, the opening track. Yeah, the first, the first motorcycle dude. The first cue. Um, and, and, uh, and, and the first one like, rise, exclamation point. Get yourselves together. Rise! Which is basically <laughs> the end of company for anybody who knows what I'm talking about. Stand up and live your life. So like, what does that mean? Like, does that mean, like, who are you talking to? Like, stand up and live your life. I'm fucking living my life. God, what are you, man? What assumptions are you making, bitch? Rise, exclamation point. Get yourselves together. Repetitive is fine. Rise, and your hands up, hands up high. So am I being uh, arrested? Is there, is someone putting a gun at me? Hands up, hands up high. Okay, 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 uh, okay. Um, and then, then it changes. Hey. Hey, stand up to the devil slowly rising. Like there was nothing about that first part of the song that told me the devil was slowly rising and that I had to stand up to the devil. Uh, clear your throat now, which is like, why? Like, am I gonna spit a cockaloogie <laughs> on the devil? Clear your throat now. <sighs> you can call for their demise. Oh, clear your throat now so that I can use it to scream. Speak out. Don't let the status quo define you. In other words, but this feels like the Michigan militia. Like it, we've gone through a lot of shit in my country this <laughs> oh, yeah. past year. And this feels like the kind of shit they play to yes. like defy the government and the, you know. And so I'm like, I don't like, this scares me. Like it scares me. So I need the dragon glass. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I, 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 there's like, there is part of me, I'm not kidding. There is part of me that loves, I wrote a song recently. I, I've got a movie in development, an original movie musical in development, and there's a song in it. Uh, it it's all it takes place in the 1980s, and the songs are all kind of nods to various styles and songs from the 80s. And one of them is very, very uh, grungy, like whatever the equivalent of 80s grunge is. I know grunge wasn't until later, but Punk. but the sort of you know gritty kind of sound. Mm. And there's one. Um, one thing I found in one of my uh, music programs where like they have like, extended guitar solos that you can just, you know, cut up any way you want. And there's one that's like the coolest, like, you know, it sounds like a monster truck pull event. And, mm -hmm. and uh, by the way, oh, by the way, as a sidebar, mm. Robbie Blatt's bar mitzvah in 1978, Robbie Blatt's bar mitzvah was held at the main event, which was the restaurant in the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, yep. Michigan, 
And the, the big event that night, it was a big sporting arena. And the big event that night was a monster truck pull. Do they call that that in oh, Australia? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so all these Jewish kids going into a bar mitzvah party <laughs> with all the kinds of people who go to monster truck pull events. It's a different <laughs> demo. Gorgeous. You know, it's a different group. <laughs> and 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 we watched monster trucks like do the thing that monster trucks do. So that's what gave me a taste, I think, for this kind of music was Robbie Blatt's bar mitzvah. <laughs> it's, so yes, Gareth, yeah. I did listen and I have analyzed it. <laughs> oh, yes, you have. <laughs> analyzed the shit out of it. You, you're doing my job for me. That is scary. <laughs> yep. That is it, look to to be honest to distill six a.m. down to a monster truck rally. That's that's a fair call. That is an absolute fair call. Yeah, I'm I'm, 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 I'm ashamed to admit. Um, yes. yes. No. Well, you know what? That was it was absolutely brilliant because sometimes when I'm I'm doing these joke reviews, which they are full of you know puns and silly jokes, and even when I'm I didn't like something, I I, I always feel really mean. So now I I kind of feel vindicated. To, to, to have a, a composer and lyricist on to, to do that, to, to analyze the music in, in such a, a me way. <laughs> I am so honored right now. I think I might be out I'm, of a job. Just, hey, that's a great idea. Me and Andrew every week. I'm down with that. I am down with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Nice. Uh, uh, that's, that's it. Done. Uh, you know what I also like? You know what I also like about this style of music? It, there is... Um, Sometimes in life, it, it does call for a direct address, right? Like, like if I want, like you want to sometimes, but you don't get to. Like it's it's why people I think responded to the Adams family so strongly, uh, the Adams and the Adams family musical so strongly is because why they respond to those characters is because those characters do things that we don't, and mm -hmm. they and yet we kind of want to. So like in the song, um, everything went to hell on this record, you know. He said, the singer says, I watched you fucking him. Right then your life was over. And I'm like, holy shit, like, right? There's no thought crimes except in Minority Report, but there are no thought <laughs> crimes. And you didn't know I was this much of a dork, did you? Um, and and uh, I said, bit, yes, yeah. your program. And, and, That's true, and, yep. and we, do, we do have these thoughts, but bands like this voice them and they voice them with like really, really primal thoughts and primal sounding music. And there is a ritualistic quality to it. Like, I don't mean mm -hmm. to be a sociologist, but there, there is a kind of like trance, like you start to rock to it and, 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 and you feel like powerful listening to this kind of music. It's just like, remember when rap music uh, f became very popular in the eighties and, mm -hmm. and, and, and there was a lot of, uh, my recollection of it was, you know, there was a lot of, I don't know, concern or criticism of it um, in some areas of the world mm. where that it was all so negative and, and angry and, and, um, and, you know, there was, a, uh, I don't mean to be critical of rap music, but there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of foul language. There was a lot of misogyny. There's a lot of anger in it. And that there's, there's still maybe in rap music, I don't really know rap music well, but I know that also along came certain artists who used the the the, the components of rap, the ideas behind rap, but and personalized it so that sometimes the messages were positive. Sometimes the messages were 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 you know weren't weren't those uh, angriest the angriest of, of expressions. Mm. And when that happened, when that happened, it it really advanced the art form. 
this art form feels to me like it's caught up still in a lot of anger. And so I wonder like, are there examples in this world where there are songs, where, where's the gentle side of these guys? Like, yeah. are, there ba- yeah. are there gentle songs? Yeah. Yeah, for um, rock. Yeah, where's the positive side? I'm gonna say, um, actually a guy from New York, Andrew WK. If you if you listen to his music, yeah, that, that is he's just oozes positivity, um, and that's that's yeah that's it with a you know with the rock edge, um, and he's is yeah I'm I'm gonna say yep go go with Andrew WK um, Nikki Six probably not the uh, the best guy to to get that because you know he came up from he was bass player with Motley Crue came out of the LA scene there was just sleaze and dirt and. And as much misogyny as there was in the '80s rap, there was probably twice as much in, um, you know, the glam metal era that we we kind right. of we kind of lived through. And and when you look back at it now, it 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 it, it, it certainly makes me cringe at some of the some of the lyrics. And you just you just kind of got to put it in its place a little bit. So um, yeah, not so much swearing in in um, glam metal as there was in rap. So thankfully. And um, and we didn't use the thankfully or not thankfully yeah or you know and and we didn't use the n word at all because you know white people so which is which is a good That's thing r- what rap is about taking back that oh yeah I don't need to explain I right. don't need That's to explain the- rap. I'm That's white. exactly what I'm glad you said that, Aaron. Because like, there's a whole cultural mm, uh, expression exactly, yeah. going on that I should not dip my my finger in yeah. because it has nothing to do with my ex- my lived experience. No. So I understand that. I was wondering about uh, the band Extreme. Is the band Extreme fit into this this category? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is that yep. Yep. so? They more have the words? song "More Than Words," which is one of my yeah. absolute favorite yep. songs ever. So they wow. they and that was one of their biggest hits, if not yeah. their biggest hit. Yeah, and that was and it was this gentle song. love song, right? Mm. That that yeah. that was very unlike the rest of the material they did. Yeah. Um, in fact, that that might be played. That might be uh, uh my wedding song when I get married in March. Well, that was my brother's wedding song, Andrew. Was it really? I'm not yep. marrying your brother. No, no, I think I. You can't make me. You don't. Want I it. thought you were already married. Oh, I was married, and and uh, am am uh, I am now uh, defiled. I guess uh, the, the the Catholic Church would say. Oh. Well, uh, they would say it. I'm gay and I'm Jewish, so I'm useless to the Catholic Church. <laughs> um, I am. Uh, I am divorced. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. I will I always be divorced? Yeah, I will always be divorced. I am divorced. Okay. Uh, will I? Okay. Once I'm remarried, will I be divorced still? Mm. Yes, I'll still be divorced from the person whom I divorced from. Yes. Yeah. So it's life is complicated. Yeah. It's not yeah. just about song. I'm I'm divorced too, so that's okay. There's, there we go. We got something. Oh yeah, yeah. It's totally. And fine. I'm yeah. single and lonely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, guys. Well, there are there are two exes running around that you might you know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. My my ex might be a little bit too female for you. Oh, but, oh. You know. I don't want to. Yeah. I didn't know this show was. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to gross you. Yeah, out. I didn't know this show was a dating app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every episode. For Aaron. Aaron. I was just gonna swipe. <laughs> yeah, every single episode. <laughs> Goodness. Why gracious, did you do man. a podcast? Hey, Aaron. Why did you do this? Why did you found this podcast? Um, I was kind of looking for a date. <laughs> yeah. Just... So I needed a wingman. <laughs> Uh, Weird, weirdly just keeps inviting gay men on the podcast and i don't know why so andrew well, is our only our second theater. yeah 
No, no, mm. you're you're only our second mm-hmm. LGBT guest. Really? Oh, who who was the first, and why am I second? Yeah, Doug Hansel from Australia's production of Come From Away. Yep. Oh, okay, that's allowed. He's a local. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, so I'll drink to that. Yeah, it must have been fun for you. <laughs> yeah. Give you a Come From Away mug. Mm. I've been to Australia three times, and there's no reason why the coffee should be so good, but it's better than anywhere I've ever been. Especially Melbourne, which yes. <laughs> that's where I'm from. Yes, that's hilarious. So it's time to put in a plug for my family from Melbourne, mm. if I could. Um, yes, I have a I have a big extended family in Melbourne, and uh, my my uh, shout out to all of them uh, in Melbourne. I can't say them all by name because I don't know all their names. Um, there are that many of them, um, but they're the most wonderful people. And I've been to Australia three times, and every time I go, I go okay. visit my family in Melbourne. So. Hello, family. Family. They they started out as Kleimans, K-L-E-I-M-A-N. That was, they were all, uh, my aunt and uncle moved from England a couple years after my mother and father moved moved from England to America. Because you were were born in Leeds. I I love Leeds. It's a great city. Oh, nice. Thanks, Gareth. Um, Yeah, I was born in Leeds. And in fact, in 2019, uh, the, Le- the then Leeds College of Music, now rechristened mm. the Leeds Conservatoire. Um, uh, yes, it sounds fancy, right? Um, I, was, um, I was inducted as a fellow of the Leeds College of Music wow. in 2019. And it was this wonderful uh, thing where my, I had my, a lot of my extended family, uh, a bunch of cousins, and I had an elderly aunt who came and um, and at, the, at this graduation ceremony, and they, we all got dressed up in, you know, um, PhD clothes. And, uh, and I, I had lunch with the Lord Mayor of, of Leeds uh, and the mm-hmm. Lord Mayor Consort. And uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I turned cold because when you said consort, it's, it stopped for a second in my audio and it did not sound like consort. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to ask you what it sounded like. <laughs> I wouldn't. So that's why I was I'm not like, gonna, oh, shit, except, I know, don't go. Nikki Six would say it. Yes. I like I almost had a heart attack as it, it it slipped out of my mouth a couple of times and it did yesterday and oh, I you know, well, I'm sure a lot I got of a look slipped out of your mouth. Here we go. <laughs> a lot of things have yes and and it slipped in there actually no I'm very conservative oh. <laughs> about what goes into my oh, mouth. there it is. It had to happen. There it is. I am that's why I'm so skinny cuz I filter what goes into my mouth quite conservatively. You're like a blue whale. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mm. Why, why are you both ganging up on me? That's so not fair. I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> well, I guess time's up on 6am, so we should probably cast our net to Big Fish. Yes. What, what happened to that? Yes, let's, let's switch over I... to Meadow because, <laughs> look, that, that got a four star. So... I'm surprised that got four stars, but I'm, I'm happy. We're going to jump to a quick ad break. We'll be back in a moment with the amazing Andrew Lipper. Coming this summer, winter, spring, or fall, the first ever musical theater sitcom where you go behind the scenes of the latest West End show, The Fosse Forest Ballet. Where's the important stuff? A thousand pound a week ensemble rate. Ah, that's what Mamma Mia likes. Starring Philip Joel and a West End cast featuring Carrie Alice, Dara Day, Louise Demon, and Oliver Savile, and more. It all started in 1987 when I was a jobbing actress working in a diner. 
yeah, it's just, I, I had a really bad experience when I was touring Australia with a wombat. <gasps> Darling! How long have I been mentoring you? Three months? Two years. So, her name is Henrietta. The horse. Yes. I've managed to secure you an audition for the biggest, most innovative, and the latest show to be going into the West End. Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Think more along the lines of Pant. Frozen. You can watch this episode for the price of a coffee. Simply go to www.thefussyforestbelly.com. Any and all profits go back to theatre charities, acting for others, and the Theatre's Trust. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll see a grown man in sparkly tights. Tight nights. Nice. Tight. Oh, oh my God. Garrett's going to review my songs. Oh God. Okay. This is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, let's do this podcast where we invite guests on and hold them up in front of each other and tell us what you really think really of, it, think, of this yeah. music. Yeah, wow. Well, at least the Australians are honest. I've, I've, I've always said this because I literally, you know, review music, but I'm I'm safely hidden behind a keyboard and um, and I just, you know, I just put it up there and go, there you go. That's what I thought of you, your damn album. No, that's not true. But no, very rarely do I have to, in fact, never... Never have I had to face the person who wrote the music and their lyrics no. and, and told them what I thought of them. So um, five stars. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Chicken shit. No, it's no, I, I wrote I wrote some words down. I wrote some words down. So we did Big Fish. Well, I don't know why we didn't do The Adams Family, but we did Big Fish. Well, last week we did Titanic and I thought we've got a big boat. So now we need to catch a big fish. So what did we do? Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's saying. God. Really? The I, more I... absurd it is that comes out of my mouth, the more likely it is to be true. You know this about me already. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I just, your brain works in different ways that I don't understand. <laughs> exactly. So, but so, anyway. I just wanted to make that pun. That's the only reason why I invited Andrew on and did this CD, just so I could make that pun. Oh, wow. And okay. now I'm satisfied. That's I can a, die happy. What a build up. <laughs> <laughs> and the payoff was well the payoff no so we did no i did big fish and as as andrew would know i don't know anything about musical theater so everything that i say from now on should be taken with a grade of ignorance <laughs> <laughs> anyway big fish i'm gonna say this i tried to watch the movie i got 20 minutes in i turned it off i just, i couldn't do it i did <laughs> I, I thought, my God. And in fact, 20 minutes in, I'm thinking, for God's sake, someone sing a song and get the story moving because nothing is going yeah. on. Can I can I just interject? You gave the prom cast album five stars. Yes, I did. But got three minutes into that movie. Yeah. So 20 minutes into Big Fish that doesn't have songs that you already knew. So that's, I'm, I'm actually. Impressed. Well, I had no songs. Anyway, I was watching it and yeah. scrolling through Twitter at the same time. So I wasn't paying attention. Anyway, my honest opinion, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to piss in your pocket, Andrew, because that would be disrespectful. And you'd get my pants wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the start. I think Be The Hero was this, it, honestly, it started with a bang. Be the Hero is a great song. Also, that that it's like three songs in one. 
because when you come into the Alabama stomp, I'm like, okay, I'm what you. That's it. I'm hooked because it's a big fish. Um, oh, and oh that was a clever pun. Thank you. And that was and there's tap dancing, and I abs. <laughs> I love there's little known fact. I love tap dancing. I always have. What? I think it's what. It's, yeah, I know. What? Okay. Why am I only finding it about this now? Because I hear tap dancing and I am there straight away. Like that's yeah, yeah. my my bag, baby. I never knew this. Yeah, I've always I've always loved tap dancing. So I thought, okay, wow. here we go. Here's a big number, and it's a big number to start. And you roll into the witch, and it's getting oh, fantastic. It's a great song. Look, these are really good songs. I got a little bit lost in the middle, and I love the whimsy about it, and I love the the you know the the mystical and and it's it's fantasy and all that sort of thing and i i did get kind of lost in the middle and then i got pulled back at the end but i look i know the story but here's what i got out of it this was me and my dad this got me right there and i think this is my kids and me as well i know it is because when i tell them things they look at me like i'm stupid the way i used to look at my dad so do i yeah <laughs> the way i used to look at my dad and he was like and and you know, I sometimes my kids turn around and go, they look at me and go, that's not right, Dad. And I go, no, this is this is actually true. And then they go away and find out that what I'm telling them is true. And they come back and they go, how do you know that? So I go, I don't know. 50 years on the planet. You learn shit, okay? And you've been here for 15 years. Shut the hell up. So this is a, it's a great, look, it's a great story. And there's there's some really, like daffodils. Has to be the world's longest um, wedding proposal, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's a beautiful song. So there's parts of this musical that I, and I haven't seen it. I've only heard it again, um, and and that's always a little bit. I'm always, I think, at a bit of a disadvantage because I don't see these things; I only hear them. So I just take it for the for the music. Mm -hmm. But there's, you know, there's great characters in here, and and it kind of, you know, it it filled me. I got a I got a warm fuzzy from it pick sorry it didn't happen sorry <laughs> it's that father and son and it's and it's just, it's it's just a great story you take all the other things out of it and and i think i just kind of distilled it down to how i felt and it was just a it just left me with a you know a really a really good feeling you know be the hero was a great song and there's you know there's big numbers and there's ensembles and it's it's got a I, I enjoyed it. There's like I said, it, it kind of lost me a little bit in the middle, but I think it started strong and ended strong. So you know that's that. What what more can you ask for? And um, Andrew, please tell me why I'm completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> well, let's see. I've got a list. Um, <laughs> I saw you writing. I saw the notes. Uh, no, that was just me tuning out. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was I was listening to every other word. I swear I was. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, one of the things about cast recordings that um, is not is not a, a musical is that it's a representation of the songs in a musical. Mm. And um, if there there are some musicals that are through sung um, that that have more in common with opera because of that, where mm. you can listen to the whole thing. And yeah. and like rent, for example, um, and that's in more of an idiom that you, that you may be used to listening to. Um, but you, know, you listen to rent, you can get the whole the idea of the whole show by listening to the whole recording. But most shows, if there's a if there's uh, if there are a number of scenes and a, a certain amount of talking in the show, it's really hard to know sometimes what the context is. Mm -hmm. uh, especially now in the days where we don't use CDs and look at the booklets that have 
synopsis uh, written in them. It's hard to just from uh, iTunes or whatever music service you use, just to listen to a cast recording. You don't, you're missing a part of it because you, yeah. if, you, if you're not a fan of the show, you haven't seen the show, you kind of, you're only judging it based on the merits of the songs and not how the songs function in the story. And that's ultimately what musicals are. Musicals are, are mm, the, mm. that whole thing. So, um, so I, I, don't, I don't blame you for getting lost in the middle. Uh, I, I don't know that I would want to listen to the whole recording of any musical that I don't know, that I'm not aware of what happens because yeah. like, <clears throat> otherwise I'm not as fully engaged. I'm just listening to songs and not quite sure what they're, what they're for or who's singing them. Why, you know, why is it different voices? Who are these other people? Like I'm mm. not, you're not always certain uh, every song, what that is depending on the show. Um, so no, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I think, uh, I think I'll never talk to you again, but I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I expected that. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> it, yeah. Most positive no. you have ever been about anything that wasn't a straight up five-star review. I, think. Um, I don't know what you've given it. What 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 score have you given it? See, I don't want to give it. I, I, look, I'm giving it three out of five, and and that's yeah. a that's a high three. You know, not the low three that that's, I gave that's, last that's week. That's an insult to our guest. Yeah, it is. Day, it is. We, but we don't you invite know, these people on the show for you to insult them. I know. I know. I also, you know, um, I also actually kind of love fight the dragons that was a great song. there's some really look there's some great songs in here and yeah you know, you, what was it I, I just want to ask you andrew what was it about this story that you went okay a you went this would be a great musical and i want to write i want to write this what what was it about the story that kind of grabbed you uh the there are two things one of them is uh, the musical lives on two planes. Uh, one mm. of them is the the very real plane of of a father and son who aren't connecting at a, and and have have yet to connect at a critical moment in their relationship and where the father is nearing the end of his life. Mm. And two, the 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 notion of living uh, 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 the questioning of reality all the time mm. and whether whether you know. Edward Bloom lives part in the real world and part not in the real world. And, yeah. and it's very hard for anybody else, anybody, I am that person. So John August, who wrote the screenplay uh, based on a book by Daniel Wallace, mm. um, John August wrote the screenplay and wrote the, co-wrote the musical, wrote the book to the musical with, uh, with me writing the songs. And John, it, it was remarkable actually how much like Will John is and how much like Edward Bloom I am. And as we were developing the, the, the musical, we, um, we, often note, we often noticed that like in each other and in how we approached telling the story. And that was a really good thing because it was great. It was kind of like we had the two characters in the room with us at, while we were making making things and i think quint the quintessence of the musical the, the the real summation of the musical is the very end when edward bloom goes to the river and and says that he's seen this all before when he's about to die and he sees he sees the magic of all the people who he's known in his life and it's that notion of what what do you see when you're about to die and in the in the, that song how it ends in the bridge he sings i know i wasn't perfect it's the first time in the musical that he confesses mm. that 
that he he's in on the joke. He's in on it. He knows he knows it's been he knows he's been a big he's been a a, a bit of a, a, of a of a fabricator. He knows it, and he says, "I know I I I know that uh, I wasn't perfect. I know my life um, was uh, what is it? I know I wasn't perfect. I know my life was." something i know that i pretended and i knew my life was small i know that i pretended that i knew it all and then here's the killer because this reminded me of my father but when you tell my story and i hope somebody does remember me as something bigger than i was yeah. and it's the biggest musical phrase of that song um it's the big high notes and it's the big long notes and it's the big build to the end because he, he's begging his son to say, not only don't, not only to say, don't forget me, but when you remember me, will it hurt you to just, just, just elevate me a little bit, make me feel a little bit, you know, make me seem a little better and a little bigger than I yeah. actually was. Yeah. That, that's all I'm asking you to do. And I think maybe now you get it. Mm-hmm. And, and that he needs that acknowledgement from his son, because what does he sing next? He said he sings right after that. Remember me as something bigger than I was. And then he sings, it ends with sons. He looks to his son and gets the acknowledgement. It ends with wives. It ends with knowing when the pavement bends, we find our lives. So the idea there being that it's not all straight lines, like that, like mm. enjoy the turns, enjoy the, 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 the confusions. Um, um, and and that's the lesson he learned, the simplest of lessons, really. But he had to go through it in his way, the way we all have to go through it in ours. And so his death, his death is a joyful one. And 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 he sees it as such. And for me, if what, what attracted me so much was this whole idea that that death is something to partner with. Like we partner every other part of our lives. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're active and invested in every other part of our lives. Uh, if we're healthy, you know, I've had periods of my life where I wasn't invested and I got into a lot of emotional distress because of it. But when we're mentally and, and emotionally and psychologically well, we invest in our lives. And wh- why shouldn't we invest in how we die? Why shouldn't we invest, even if it's painful, even if it's difficult, even if it's, a, it's sad, we, we, instead of brushing it away, if we welcome it in the way that character welcomed it in, mm. then I think, then I think death, death is is less frightening and more more of a of a, we know it's coming. So why why would why avoid it? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. for me is a lesson that I keep relearning, and um, and that that's really what what I got out of wanting to write Big Fish and what it, what it meant to me. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's um, rather indicative of Gareth and I's relationship on this show where I say something and he does not believe me at all. He questions it every single time, even the pun. Mostly because I'm not listening. Yeah, that's true. So I'd be the Edward in this. I'd be the father, the old one. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. I'm happy to be Albert Finney and Ewan McGregor any day. Oh, You can be... um, I, I know it's Billy Crudup. Was that his name in the, the film? Or oh, Crudup? in the film, Crudup. yeah, it was Billy yes, yes, Crudup. Yes. Crudup. I don't know how to pronounce uh, it. And um, Norbert, working with him, is he one of those dream actors that you can throw anything at him and he can just knock it out of the park? Yes, yes, yes. 
Nor Norbert is uh, all. All I'm interested in is what I also think. What Norbert interested is interested in is emotional truth. And um, all all I'm interested in, in everything I write is is getting to the 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 emotion of it. And mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean I don't write funny things. I want to get to the emotional truth of what makes it funny. And yeah. and uh, I'm not I'm not an intellectual uh, writer, and I'm not uh, I'm not an analytical writer. I'm not. I'm not a distance writer. I'm not a cold writer. I'm a. a I'm a hot and sensitive, emotional writer. And mm -hmm. uh, because I am a hot and sensitive emotional person, um, and when I say hot, uh, and uh, so Norbert, <laughs> Norbert is. Yeah, if I don't say it, who's going to say it? Uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, it won't be Garrett. Yeah, if only this was a. It's only it was a video podcast. The whole world yeah, could see how, yeah, that's how it, hot that's you it. really are. Yeah. And um, yeah. we, um, so yes, Norbert is one of those actors. Like, I, I don't think Norbert and I ever had to talk too much about the songs. You know, Norbert mm. learned them and um, and then just went and did his magic. And, yeah. and you know, that's, um, I love working with actors and, and I'm not afraid to talk to them and to tell them what, you know, what I think about a particular moment in a song. But mm -hmm. Norbert is just so rich and deep that he found, you know, I mean, the, the, I've had that experience multiple times, fortunately, like with Kristen Chenow, which you mentioned earlier, or, or with Nathan Lane and the Adams family. Nathan and I, I just, you know, Nathan just always understood what I was trying to do and, and would just make it better. And so, like, that's, that's the great thing about great actors. I have a, a question about what's next, which is Ooh. probably my favorite song from Big Fish. Am I hearing this as a... a sort of a, a spiritual sequel to something's coming from West Side Story. Because if you play those two songs together, you I, I feel like there's a little spiritual connection there. Not lyri uh, lyrically or musically, but are you saying are you saying plagiarism? Are you saying No, no, yeah, no, no. I'm, sounds like not me. at all. I said <laughs> <laughs> I said not, not like lyrically me. and not Sorry, musically. let me just get my let me just get my lawyer on the phone. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This will be our final show, people. Thank you for my, being with us. Sorry, my, I've been my Aaron. Solici my solicitor. Yeah. What do you guys call lawyers? Oh, they're lawyers. Yeah. Oh, you well, call them lawyers. Only English people call them solicitors. Okay, got it. Yeah. We call them assholes, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I specifically stated not musically. I'm saying spiritual sequel, which is exactly what uh, that I would, I would, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what you're sensing there. I mean, something's coming I'm... is at the beginning of a story where the first, it's the first time we musically yeah. hear from the character, and he's um, anticipating, uh, he's anticipating some mysterious thing in his life that he that he believes is is about to happen. Yeah. And in that sense, uh, it's sort of the vaguest of the of the numbers in West Side Story, right? It's the least specific. He's not saying. Um, Maria's coming. Like I can imagine yeah. what what like I don't know. I've never asked Stephen Sondheim about that song, but yeah. but I imagine that might be that might have been the thought process, which is well, he can't say that a girl's coming or um, yeah. you know uh, a you know uh, a, a forbidden love is coming or you know uh, he, he he can't say Maria's coming. Um, so you know sooner or later you have to come up with some sort of catchphrase, right? And yeah. and I suppose what's next is a kind of catchphrase. Um, it, but in the, in the sense in Big Fish, however, it's a, it's the literary one. It's the one that's you know uh, 
Meanwhile, you know, like that's the famous comic book one, or you know, yeah. suddenly, you know, you know the the, the terms that 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 uh, are used in comic books or or are used in 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 writing in general to to yeah. sort of get your attention. Um, and but I, I I don't see I don't see much of a similarity there, though I'm always happy to be compared to West Side Story, so I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, look, yeah. I, a full disclaimer: I'm not a West Side Story fan. I don't oh. listen to it. I've seen it once and I didn't enjoy it. Wow. Um, have, but that I song this... I do know. And when when I heard what's next, I sort of I I, I if you would have put sorry, those two connections gone dead. Sorry. That... Hello. Because <laughs> I, I don't like. What... <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephen. Sometime you know I I absolutely it's... love your work. I mean, now, um, I mean... if you were to to book bookend a review or something with those two, I think thematically they would work together. Oh. Oh wow. Sing that, right? Yeah. It's in this key. Yeah. I, and I promise I'm not saying they're the same song or or there's any sort of I promise you not, not that because I've I listen to them both together and I see a thematic bridge between the two. Uh, but it could just be sure. me reading just too much you. into it. That's just you. You know what's interesting about that song? <laughs> just about, me. Uh, I don't I wonder if this I feel like I'm offended. The, the... <laughs> I wonder if this happens to rock bands or if thrash <clears throat> records are, are, if they have cut songs, they probably do. Like they write yeah. a song that they don't record or they record it and then they're like, we're not gonna put that on the record. Yeah. And then it shows up at a compilation 10 years later or in a Peter Jackson movie. And yeah. and um, yeah. and and uh, what's next, there was a song that I wrote that was this really dramatic, dark, minor keyed um, thing where Will sat next to his father and his father was unconscious in the hospital that and Will sort of screamed all the shit that he never actually said to his father but wanted to and yeah. uh, you know it was really I, it was the closest thing to something from the, the damned to uh, that damned record what's it called yeah. Valley of the Damned uh, People of the Damned Prayers for the Damned um, yes. it, where, where he was like you know basically saying you motherfucker you stupid father why did you do this shit to me and um, Susan Stroman, our director, she was like, "You know, that's not the song. It's got to be. He, she, he's got to tell the story of of, of his death. He's got to send yeah. his father. He's got to finally do what his father asked him. He's got to tell him the story." And yeah. that clicked. And then what? What really? There's um, there's there is a musical i there's a musical id <laughs> as it were. So there's. There's that in the same, in a similar way. It's ponderous. Yeah, that's po there's a, there's a, there's musical, a ponderous. Yeah, yeah, and there's a there's a piece of music that connects to the feeling of it. So yeah, I can that's, see a little bit. Yeah, that's why I'm, that's why I say spiritual sequel. I was very careful with my words because I didn't want to offend you with the question at all. Um, but we're here to analyze music and I, and and all that. So I love I love what's next. I don't like what's that story. I love the fact we've got a Broadway composer that just bursts into music randomly. Yeah. This is this is fantastic. I hide my face. I'm so embarrassed. That's, uh, that's what I do all day long. I, I, I turn around, I've got tissues. You turn around, you've got a piano. It's fantastic. I love it. I've got tissues as well. Okay. <laughs> play, play something sad. I can I can use it. And you know, I got my second shot on Tuesday. So hey. it's a Friday today for those of you listening. So I'm, yep. uh, I'm, I'm in, uh, in That's less than two weeks, I'll reach that 14 day mark. So thank you. Science. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That'd be yeah, nice. Good. 
What is it? I'm going to be the last one to get it done out of, <laughs> out of the three of us, I think, because I'm. Because um, you're, you're a child. I know. It was funny when I was 49, I did the thing online and it was like, when are you going to get your vaccine? And it was like, forget about it. And a day later, yeah. I turned 50 and I went online and said, when are you get it? Hey, guess what? Next week. And you so, qualify. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I'll, go. I'll, take, I'll take that. Uh, there's an uh, organization here called the American Association of Retired Persons, AARP. Uh, and um, you uh, tech, technically people don't retire until, I mean, like the, the traditional age is 65 is the number, mm. but they, they allow you to be a member of the AARP at 50 because clearly they want members and they, and they mm -hmm. send you magazines and coupons to get free coffee at places and whatever, donuts. <laughs> and so I got their magazine in the mail today because I, I belong to the AARP because one of my aunts bought me a subscription and anyways a long story but i was talking to my mother and i said mom let's uh, let's let's play a game and she's my mother's gonna be 90 my mother will be 90 in september oh, wow. and i said to my mother i said mom i said how do you know when you're really old and she looked at me and she said i don't know how do how do i know when how do you know when you're really old and i held up the aarp magazine i said when your son gets the AARP <laughs> magazine <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh goodness gracious so, well i didn't i didn't know you were 50 i'm 56 get the seriously <laughs> just because you look 75 gareth yeah that's it. especially oh, compared oh, oh. compared me stars thank you it's the it's the it's the beard. I'm going grey gracefully. I don't care. and to quote andrew lipper himself oh yeah that's what you think we'll be back in a moment G'day listeners, Aaron here. While me and Gareth are taking a break, I thought now would be a great time to spill my guts. Well, not my guts. The fully fabulous Kristen Johnston's, whose hilarious yet harrowing memoir, Guts, details her rollercoaster ride through all the excesses of Hollywood and the toll it can take on even the fiercest of bitches. Keijo has shed all pretense by opening up her heart and soul in this gripping tale which will leave readers reaffirmed of their own inner strength and ability to kick some ass in this world. You may know her as Sally Solomon, or as Joan Collins' bedrockian daughter, but once you've dived into Kristen's guts, you'll come to know that she's nothing short of a warrior. Available now where all good books are sold, grab your copy of Guts today. If you could see one of your musicals done by NBC or Fox, oh, which one would you like to see, and who and, would you like and, to play? And why is it the Adams Family? I'm curious why you picked those two networks. Um, well, <laughs> because they're the ones doing them. Before, I'm like, I, I want Netflix to oh, do my music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Netflix. I want a there premium goes. streamer. Thank you very much. So, what's the rest yep. of the question? I was all caught up in who we were selling it to. And and why is it Adam's family? Yeah, well, no, yeah. Which which musical would you want them to do uh, as a live TV musical? And remember that people on Twitter are absolute bastards when these go on. So yeah, Twitter bastards is a lot of people don't know this. The cut song from Prayers for the Damned. <laughs> uh, Twitter bastards <laughs> is the so one song they didn't include because Jack Dorsey threatened to sue them. Um, <laughs> right, Jack. <laughs> wow, I'm on fire tonight. It's Friday uh, night. Um, 
And uh, I, I, I would very much like to see, um, I don't know if I want to see a live television version, but I would like to yeah. see a made for film version of the Addams Family musical. Mm -hmm. um, the Addams Family is um, the most uh, produced musical in North America for the last five years, not including the pandemic year. Um, and when it wasn't the most produced, it was the second most produced, only after Beauty and the Beast. And um, the Adams Family has been translated into uh, like 30 languages, and it, it's really quite extraordinary. A lot of people already have experienced that show, and we I have a very strong pitch for how to uh, make it into a film. And it would, uh, I think, it would be a spectacularly delightful film musical and um and so and it's and a real opportunity to cast it with uh, a diverse cast because it, it it cries out for that and and it would um it would just be joyful and and a fun thing to put on film so um we're hoping that that can happen before i die and uh that's uh and after that review i got from gareth it's coming soon yeah and uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm 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 gonna I will I'm gonna review the Adams Family, but oh, it'll be. Oh God! That's um, why he's mad we didn't pick the Adams Family. Yeah, he'll he'll be seeing it. My fifth my fifteen year old daughter is uh, in the high school uh, production of the Adams Family, and she's that is she's playing brilliant. Alice. And I said, "Hey, guess what?" And this is the only time I've been cool when I said I'm going to be talking to Andrew Lipper, and she said, "Can you tell?" Him that I'm in the Adams family. The guy you're going to trash. Exactly. The guy you're going to completely humiliate. <laughs> so then this is yeah. what Big Fish is about. The sins of the fathers yeah. are not. The... So <laughs> I have so many sins. Yeah, you no, do. It's wonderful. Like that but it's um, it, it's a remarkable, it's a remarkable thing we we all do. I'm going to praise all of us for a moment because you talked, Aaron, about. Mm -hmm. You both of you, you being um, authors and, and creators of things, mm -hmm. is is that if you get the potential, if you get the opportunity, and and you do something that reaches a, a large number of people, like that that idea of what what art is, like the pandemic has brought up this whole question of you know how to support artists and and how yes. many artists have suffered because of this, and and you know I, I I've said it before, and it, it's it's is that art art is we all need to eat food, so nobody stopped making food. And mm. but but the truth is, art is farming for the soul. And and if we don't if we don't keep creating things, we're we're gonna shrivel. We're gonna fall yeah. apart. And and yeah. so you know, I'm really this is this program that you do is one way of contributing. And the books you write, yeah. the poems you write, the reviews you write, the ways that you interact with the world, and the fact that your daughter obviously sees like. I'm going to go be in the school play and like how wonderful and boy, Alice, she must have a, uh, some high notes. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing how that she goes. Does. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah. She, okay. So she went out for Wednesday and she got, <laughs> she got Alice and the previous, the previous one, she played Alice in Wonderland. Um, that was at a fringe festival. And so she was like, I, I'm just, I said, you're getting typecast as Alice. Yeah, tell me your name is Alice. Yeah, no, it's Natasha. So yeah. You, or you used to live in Alice Springs. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: when we flew to Alice Springs, the only time we've been there, coming down, she was three years old and threw up all over herself in the aeroplane. Oh, so, nice. Oh, yes. thank you. Yeah, that, she's, thank I'm you sure that. she'll be delighted you just told her. She, <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, Tasha, I told Andrew Lippert that you vomited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my God, Gareth, I cannot take you anywhere. Nope. Speaking of Wednesday, we actually had the Canadian Wednesday on um, Steffi D. Domenicantonio. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is the Canadian Wednesday is actually Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's here in Australia. Oh, the actor. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. And all my Canadian friends, I apologize. Yes. <laughs> sorry, Canada. Now there are two countries I'm not allowed in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> goodness gracious iran has always been one of them so I... <laughs> now are we gonna see especially this year a charlie brown sequel maybe wear your fucking mask charlie brown mm. uh, over your fucking nose charlie brown yeah um, <laughs> tom my fiance and i went on holiday uh we had a beach holiday last week in uh, mm-hmm. south carolina a place called hilton head island and tom's fully vaccinated and i'm uh, I was half vaccinated, and but uh, we were very careful. We wore masks. We ate outdoors only. We went to this restaurant, and there was some woman who just, she, she didn't get it. Like, she just didn't get it. Every time she spoke to the people working in the restaurant, she yanked her mask down, shouted at full volume, and then put her mask back on. I'm like, that is the other way. Do it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No sequels yeah. to Charlie Brown are, are planned. Um, I'm hoping there's a sequel to the Adams family that that we're, we're um, okay. hoping we can pull off um, a Christmas uh, re- themed version of the Adams family, a uh, new a new show. But um, mm-hmm. that's in early discussion phase. Um, I've got a lot of other things in the hopper. Uh, thank goodness. And uh, mm. uh, but I you know, always love the reason to come back to Australia. I'm hoping. Uh, yes, I was going to say you've got a lot of things. You're working on a lot of stuff. Obviously, nothing's yes. happening at the moment. Is there any kind of sense of when things are going to kind of when you're going to start again? Are you, are you in as in you know shows production starting up again? Is there any sense of do you have a timeline of any idea when it's all going to you know when we can kick off? I think uh, it's going to be you know it, it it's already started in tiny little ways, and there are summer things that are coming up that that people are doing outdoors. Uh, opera companies and theater mm-hmm. companies that are planning outdoors only seasons, yeah. uh, outdoor only seasons. Uh, I know that that's happening also in Britain, um, Canada as and, well, and Canada as well. And and yeah. uh, I I you know the rest of uh, the rest of Europe. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, like you know things have gotten bad there again, yeah. and um, and things are getting bad in certain places in America again, and and so. It's like, you know, nobody's quite certain what that answer is. I spoke to a friend of mine who's a Broadway producer who said that they anticipate that their show is going to be able to reopen in September. Um, And I asked if that was at full capacity and they said they don't know that answer yet. And so if shows can't open at full capacity, then there's all the question of salaries and protection for everybody and, and all that. It's just going to be a lot of chaos, I think. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, I think the last places to open are going to be um, the most uh, crowded. And Mm. and what I mean by that is there are concert halls that can open that have big lobbies and can play at 50% or 35%, 40% capacity where they can keep people far enough apart from each other. But Broadway houses um, and smaller theaters are, particularly in New York City uh, or in London, um, are, are really 19th century buildings, you know, and mm-hmm. they, and they're, they're, when, if you've ever been 
uh, in Times Square at yeah. 10, 15, and, and seven shows are letting out within five minutes of each other <laughs> yeah. at the, the throng of people. Like, I don't think that's going to be allowed yeah. right away either, yeah. you know? No. So, uh, so I, I think it's going to be phased or I'm, I'm not sure how that will happen. We're all hoping that by December that, that pe people seem to be saying that by December, if we keep staying rigorously on this vaccination path, that yeah. we will we will be able to get back to full steam. Um, and then there's the whole vaccination passport question, which everybody has different yeah. opinions about. So, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, jockeying to happen, but yeah. we're, we're hoping it happens. One last thing, just to plug, if I may, um, mm, uh, yeah. in relation to the pandemic, um, I serve as the president of the board of a charitable organization called the Dramatist Skills Foundation, dgf.org. Um, we're a, 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 almost a 60-year-old organization that um, supports the work of America's playwrights, composers, and lyricists. And uh, this past work, and we also promote the, the, the art of playwriting and making musicals. And this past year alone, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've given out over $1.2 million in direct emergency grant assistance to individuals and uh, started a mental health and wellness fund that started in December that gives out $1,000 grants to individuals to get connected to uh, an online uh, aggregator that connects people directly to mental health care professionals. And um, it's been a real, uh, a real uh, uh, spiritually, talk about spiritual experience, uh, uh, being able to connect um, people who are, who love the art form, who need help. And, uh, and in fact, I had the great fortune of speaking to a, a colleague today who was a recipient not too long ago of one of our grants. I, I, I don't make decisions about grants. I don't always know who, I don't know who gets them. It's a very private thing. And so we give out, uh, we have a committee that makes these decisions and uh, keeps it very uh, anonymous. At, and, and so it was wonderful to have a conversation with a colleague who said, the, you know, Drama Skill Foundation really helped me out. So mm. that's been a great, uh, uh, an added part of my life. Uh, and I love that, uh, mm that you've given me a minute here to talk about it. Anybody interested, go to dgf.org. You can learn more about what we do in America and uh, if you are at all interested in uh, contributing. Yeah, that's fantastic. dgf.org. That's a, yeah, that's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing to do. It's it's sad that um, every everyone we talk to everywhere around the world in the arts we're kind of all in the same boat with the pandemic when the, the government's throwing money at sports and they, you know, and they're throwing money here and there and there. And, you know, and I have a lot of friends who are musicians and, and thankfully they're slowly yeah. getting back to work now, but it's like, okay, where's our support? And, um, you know, arts people pull together and they help each other. So it's, you know, it's kind of sad that we've had to do it, but, um, it's, it's, you know, it's really heartwarming that people are, are giving back in, in that way. And, um, you know, well done, Andrew. That's, that's, that's a good thing to do. So thank you very much. Thank you for saying so. Thank you. No worries. Just one, one last question before you go. How many times have you slammed the piano and gone, fuck, like at the start of, um, uh, uh, no, a, a lot of times, uh, a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a, that's a, that's one of many techniques of sort of trying to figure out how to jostle my brain into thinking something see yeah. it a different way. Um, when I work alone, so I've written I've written some projects on my own, like The Wild Party or I Am Part mm -hmm. of the Milk, or, or I'm working on a project now where I'm writing the whole thing by myself. So I don't have that other person to call up. Um, and when I have that other person to call up who, or persons, 
that that's great because I can say, look, yeah. I don't get this. I don't understand what's going on here. And they have to find a way to explain to me like why we decided that was the spot to sing and what, you know, and I have to find what I think makes it a good song and a good idea for a song. Um, on my own, sometimes, yes, I will. I, I, in fact, my new philosophy, which you started talking about, Kristen Chenow with Charlie Brown, um, I actually did that. I wrote, when I wrote that song in 1998, um, God, so long ago, when I wrote that song in 1998, I, I literally, um, I had written a lyric and it was really crappy and I'd written some really bad music and I literally stood up and went, you know, like that. And I was like, I did that. And when I did, I landed on, I went like that. Oh, wow. And I was like, wait a minute. That's it. And then I went out of nowhere. And I did that for like minutes. Yeah. And then I went, my new philosophy. Da, 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 da. And that was how the song got born. And that wow. little is really what the song's built around. And once that that was us throw your hands on the piano and scream fuck you know in the into the ether look, look what i got exactly my new philosophy is violently abuse my keyboard and i will create art. Yeah, that, that, that that is how it is done sometimes also like i mean I, I i'm always fascinated in the um artistic process and how how it happens and most of us who make things know that a lot of the time it happens when we're not doing the thing that we want to be doing. So it's when we're mm -hmm. uh, exercising or taking a shower or on a walk or- you The know, mundane. Famous, right, famous stories about Beethoven out in nature and you know, and all of the um, the, the things that, that inspire us. And then suddenly the idea hits and you go, oh, I know how to, I know how to figure out that plot problem that I couldn't yeah. figure out uh, yeah. you know, in the story. Yeah, the mundane. Yeah. I, I've been saying it dozens of episodes it is the most inspiring to artists yeah it can it, it often is yes yeah it really is but anyway thank you so so much for joining us on this ridiculous nonsense that we call a podcast it has uh, been I, an honor I, I and a delight it. it's <laughs> delightful i was on my i was on my best behavior kind of you, yeah. you know what uh, in all the times that i've met you uh, gareth uh, this was the best yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yes yes <laughs> <laughs> as, as as it was for me you get better with every meeting and thanks thanks for inviting me onto this program no thank you and a huge thanks again to matt for all his help putting this episode together and also a huge thanks to pim sutton and her mum lou for their help trying to find out the information on whether or not i had seen andrew lipper's version of you're a good man charlie brown and as I say, I found out by sheer dumb luck in the end, but still, thank you very much, ladies, for your help. Our listeners at home can find Andrew on Twitter at LipperOfficial, one word. Be sure to check out the Dramatist Guild Foundation. You can find them at dgf.org. Also, be sure to check out his many, many musicals on Spotify, iTunes. In fact, buy the CDs, go see the shows, support live theatre and support bands. If you want to support us, you can check us out at Twitter, at Thrush and Treasure, on Instagram, at Thrush and Treasure Podcast, on Facebook, at Thrush and Treasure, and you can also support our network by picking up a copy of The Toniston Tales at thetonistontales.com. Huge thanks again to my co-host Gareth, to our magnanimous guest Andrew Lippa. What an honour. We'll be back next week where Gareth has given... Myself and our special guest, Lisa Humber, a Slipknot album, I'm Not Your Kind. Well, how very kind of him. Whilst we're returning the favour by subjecting him to the sound of 
music. It's game on, bitches. Anyways, that's it from me. I've been Aaron, and this has been an absolute blast. Andrew, there is an open invitation for you to join us anytime. Thank you, and Absolutely well. brilliant. Anyways, you at home, take care, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Have fun. All right, bye. Thank you. Hey, Rook.